Next, the golden days of radio. Hi, this is Frank Brzee inviting you to join me for the golden days of radio. Great moments from radio programs of the past, headlining some of the world's most famous personalities. On this program, we are featuring George Burns and Gracie Allen, Kay Kaiser, Ozzie and Harriet, Meredith Wilson, Jack Carson, Arthur Treacher, Norma Jean Nielsen, and comedian Red Skelton. On June 29, 1946, the Columbia Network presented an all-star program featuring some of the top stars on CBS. Here's Kay Kaiser with George Burns and Gracie Allen. Thank you, Kay, for that nice introduction. Oh, gee, Gracie, you just look so wonderful. You know, I, I can't get over how a girl who's been married all these years can look so young. Really? <laughs> yes. Of course, down south where I come from, some of the girls get married when they're eight or ten years old. Well, we all sure enough do, honey child. <laughs> <laughs> Say, Gracie, um, where's George? I'd like to ask him the secret of staying happily married so long. Well, he's in his dressing room now, but I can tell you the secret, Kay. You see, when you're married to someone who cooks three meals a day and washes all the dishes and mends your clothes and keeps the house thick and span, then marriage is a pleasure. Yeah, but that sounds like a lot of drudgery. Oh, no, George does it with a smile. <laughs> I see. Of course, it's up to me to keep George happy, but I have a number of ways of doing that. Now, one is to take an intense interest in everything he does. Husbands like that. Oh, yes. Now, watch. I'll go into George's dressing room and take a great interest in what he did last night. Well, what if he didn't do anything? Well, I'll take an interest anyhow. George? Yes? While I was out playing bridge with the girls last night, what did you do? I went to bed. Oh, how interesting. <laughs> interesting? Yes, tell me all about it. There's nothing to tell. Took off my clothes and crawled into bed. Oh, you're so athletic. <laughs> Huh? Well, I wasn't even there to give you a boost. Look, Gracie... Dear, did you wear pajamas or a nightshirt? A nightshirt. Oh, did it creep up on you? A little. <gasps> Ooh, how scary. <clears throat> yeah, scary. Look, Gracie, oh, I... Well, what did you do then, George? I went to sleep. Oh, did you close your eyes? Well, Sure. Both of them? Both of them. Ah, oh, that's what I love about you, George. You never do anything halfway. Look, Gracie, I'm in no mood to listen to a silly woman. Now out, out, out. You know, Gracie, that didn't seem to make George too happy. Well, didn't you hear what he said? He's not in the mood to talk to a woman. He's probably in the mood for male companionship. Well, shall I talk to oh, him? Oh, no, no, no. I can handle that, too. I'll go in and be a buddy to him, a, a chum, a pal. You can do that? Oh, sure. Watch while I approach him, man to man. Hiya, Burns, old man. Got a cigar? <laughs> a cigar? Yep. I always say there's nothing like a good kimono kimono. 
Kimona, Kimona. Gracie, you know you don't smoke. How about a stick of gum? Okay, here's a stick of gum. Thanks, buddy. Well, down the hatch. Well, I give up. This is the limit. Uh, can I shoot a little crops? A little crops? Sure, it's a game. You know, wham, little Joe needs a new pair of snake eyes. <laughs> Look, Gracie, are you sure you feel all right? Sure. Got another stick of gum, Mac? Oh, yes. <laughs> Anything you say, dear. Here you are. Thanks. Well, bottoms up. Oh, this is murder. Uh, heard any good stories lately? No, no, I don't know any stories. Oh, either. come on, let's have one, kid. Look, Gracie, I don't know Okay, any okay, I'll tell one. Did you hear the one about the traveling salesman who okay, went... Okay, 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 I'll tell one. I'll good. Uh, a man went up to a conductor on a streetcar and he said, which end of the car do I get off? Oh, <laughs> that's terrific, bud. <laughs> that's marvelous. <laughs> now, wait a minute. Oh, what a sense of humor. Nobody can tell it just the way you tell it, brother. <laughs> but, but I haven't finished. You got more to tell? The conductor said to the man, you get off either end. Both ends stop. Well, that's cute, but I like the first one much better. Oh. Well, there you are, Kay. That's how I keep my husband happy. You, you mean he's happy now? Well, huh? sure. Just open the dressing room door and look for yourself. Yeah. See? See how happy he is? Oh, sure. He's the happiest man I ever saw. This next sequence from the CBS All-Star Program features Ozzie and Harriet, Meredith Wilson, Norma Jean Nielsen, Arthur Treacher, and comedian Jack Carson. Hey, Davey, what do you think's wrong with the big set? Might be the tubes, and it might be the tubes, and it might be the short, and it might be a short, it might be in the condenser coil or in the amplification system, and it might be a short. <laughs> Will you three boys please be a little more quiet so I can hear? Harriet, I... I don't know just what's the matter with this big radio. Say, if I could only cannibalize a tube from the Did portable... Did you say cannibalize? Oh, yeah, that's an old army expression. It means taking parts from broken equipment to make one good one out of two bad ones. Well, if you take a tube out of this portable, you may make two bad ones out of one good one. Now I'll show you what cannibalizing is, Harriet. Well, careful, Ozzy. That tube may be hot. You drop it. Harriet, please. I know what I'm... <laughs> now we have no radio at all. I'm sorry, dear. Why don't we go out and buy a new one? Ozzy, a brand new post-war radio? I'll run right upstairs and jail. No, Harry, wait a minute. There's not time for that. The show only lasts an hour or more. Well, I'll hurry, dear. I won't be long. Are you almost ready, Harriet? Harriet, better hurry. This is terrible. Walk, walk, walk. You and your cannibalizing. Well, here's the store. 
Meredith Wilson's California Music and Radio Store. Welcome, Iowans. Yeah, come on in. How do you do? I'm from uh, Mason City, Iowa, and where are you from? Uh, uh, just a minute, I don't get this. Aren't you Meredith Wilson, the musician? Not according to my old piano teacher in Mason City. He used to say, Meredith... Uh, uh, excuse I... me, but you are the same guy we heard a little while ago on that big CBS show. Oh, yes. He used to say to me, Meredith, you'll never make a living... Excuse if... me, but what are you doing running a radio store? Making a living? <laughs> well, can't you make a living out of radio? Only selling. Oh, it's... Well, ours is broken, and we'd like to Just have Just a... a moment. If your radio is broken, how, uh, how did you hear me? Oh, Ozzy broke our radio right after he heard you. Well, oh. nice. <laughs> well, if it isn't Ozzy and Harriet. Well, well if, if it, it isn't Jack, Jack Carson. And Meredith Wilson. This is fantastic, Meredith. You running a radio store. What's the matter? Are you disgruntled with the life of an orchestra leader? No, no, I'm thoroughly gruntled. Yeah. Yeah. Well, then, uh, what, what is this radio story to, r routine? What, what do you know about running a radio store? Listen, Jack, I learned all about selling radios when I worked for the John Vance Music Company in Mason City, Iowa. That's my hometown. Mm -hmm. Not only did I wait on the trade and demonstrate flutes, I was also one of the Jones brothers. Hmm? <laughs> how, did, uh, how did Mr. and Mrs. Jones feel about that? Well, the Jones brothers were just the name of our trio. The Jones brothers. Very flashy. Mm -hmm. Well, we thought so. We chose it because, uh, besides me, there was my brother and a chap named Harold Keitel. The, uh, the Jones brothers. Well, it was easy to spell, anyway. Everyone said our music was just as unusual as our name. What, uh, whatever became of you? Me? Yes, you. I, uh, left Mason City and came to California and opened a radio store. Hmm. I'd like to show you an unusual radio that can tune in any incident in anybody's life. Are you kidding? Let's see you tune into what went on at my house last night. I accept the challenge. Here goes. Come on, Togwell. Let's go into dinner. But I'm not hungry, Uncle Jack. But you weren't hungry last night either. What's the matter with you? Master Togwell is in love, sir. In love, Treacher? Oh, fiddle faddle. Oh, what? You know about it. Gee, this is something new. I just met her and she's wonderful. Boy, she's out of this world. Out of this world? I mean, she lives at Pismo Beach? <laughs> okay, go ahead and be funny. Boy, if you could only see Gloria... Uh, by the way, Uncle Jack, on account of my date and everything, could you let me have, say, uh, well, uh, about a dollar and a quarter? A dollar and a quarter? Well, sure, Gloria's pretty sophisticated. <laughs> Gee, I, I gotta show her a good time. She's the fastest girl in our crowd. Well, can't she slow down to 75 cents? <laughs> Anyway, Tug, well, you don't have to spend that much money on a girl. Oh, yes, I do. On account of Gloria drinks twice as much as I do. Drinks? Yeah. When you double straw a Coke with her, you haven't got a chance. <laughs> She's always one ahead of you, huh? Master Tug, well, why don't you bring the young lady over here for the evening? Yes, why don't you do that, Tug? Well, you could have a, a dandy evening playing the phonograph. Yeah, with those corny old records we got. Gee, we haven't got anything that's hep. Oh, we haven't, eh? What about that record I bought last week? Hmm. Some hep record. Al Jolson singing Sonny Boy. Well, I like it. Yeah, but you can't dance to you it. You certainly can dance to it. All you have to do is to turn it up real fast. Well, I tried that. 
It sounded like somebody had dropped the blotter on the ink spots. I don't care what you say, Tug. Well, I still think you ought to bring your girlfriend here to the house. Now, this Gloria, I'd, I'd like to meet her. Well, gee, can't we wait a while? Why should we wait? Well, I'm just beginning to get someplace with her. You see, you don't understand about things like this, Uncle Jack. Gloria's a very hep gal, and you're a... Well, you're sort of a... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, say it. I suppose I'm what you call a square. Well, I wouldn't call you a square, but you are kind of oblong. <laughs> That's gratitude for you. I spent years trying to bring up a nephew so he'll have some respect for me. Well, I gotta get ready now. I gotta comb my hair and everything. I only got about a half an hour. See that creature? He doesn't pay any attention to me. If I may say so, sir, I think you should try getting closer to the boy. Yeah? You know, be more of a comrade, uh, a chum. Maybe you're right. I'll go, sir. Hello, Mr. Treacher. Hello, Mr. Carson. Oh, hello, Norma Jean. <laughs> Treacher, don't, uh, don't you say hello to Norma Jean? Very seldom, sir. I did it once to my immediate regret. Well, uh, what do you mean? I don't well, know. she said hello, mm -hmm. and I said hello, mm -hmm. and she said, how are you? Mm -hmm. And I said, fine. Then she giggled a bit, and the next thing I knew, I was involved in a game of Indians. <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with that? I was the pole that held up the wigwam. <laughs> well, that doesn't sound so terrible, Tracy. No, sir, but later on, they built a fire in the wigwam. <laughs> And as Hiawatha would say, it began to get a bit warm around the shores of Gitche Gumi. <laughs> mm hmm Well, Norma Jean, what, what can I do for you today? I came over to return that cup of sugar we borrowed. Oh, well, there was no hurry. Well, here it is. Mother said to thank you. Well, that's perfectly all right. Any time at all. I'm always glad to help out a neighbor. Thank you. <laughs> Mother wants to know if she can have her 50 cents deposit back now. <laughs> Yes, of course. Here, here, here you are, honey. Now, now don't lose it. <laughs> you know what I'm going to do tonight, uh, Norma Jean? Just made up my mind. I'm going to go out with Tugwell and his girl, Gloria. We're going to do all the things that high school kids do. Oh, are you going to a Coke sesh? Yeah. Uh, what was that? Oh, I forgot. You don't know what that means, do you? Oh, don't worry, Norma Jean. I'm hep. Of course I know what a Coke sesh is. You have a couple of Cokes, and then you sit around and sash a while. <laughs> oh, Mr. Carson, you're funny. Well, all right, then. What do they do? Well, I've never been to one, but I've heard they just dance and listen to records of Frank Sinatra and Andy Russell. Well, I ought to fit right in there. Gee, I could sing just like Sinatra. Listen. Full moon. And empty eyes. Well? Try Andy Russell. <laughs> yes, you know, you gave me an idea, honey, though. I bet I'd, I'd make a big hit with Tugwell's girlfriend if she found I, uh, found I like a croon. The trouble is, I don't know very many of the late songs. Why don't you sing her that song you and I were practicing yesterday? Yeah, that is a new song, isn't it? Oh, yes. They play it on the radio all the time. Well, let's, let's try it through once. I'll get at the piano and you start it, honey, okay? All right. 
A jolly little man comes down our street with a basket full of things to eat. Toddling along his merry way, I run to him and say, Mr. Have you got an apple on a stick? Apple on a stick, apple on a stick. Mr. Have you got an apple on a stick? Yum, yum, yum. I got ten pennies for an apple on a stick. Apple on a stick, apple on a stick. I got ten pennies for an apple on a stick. Yum, yum, yum. An apple a day is dandy. It keeps the dark away. I like it better than candy. It's yummy in your tummy any time of the day. Oh, mister, have you got an apple on a stick? Apple on a stick, apple on a stick. Mister, have you got an apple on a stick? Yum, yum, yum. An apple with jelly on it will brighten up the day. And when I nibble upon it, it's sticky and it's sticky, but I love it that way. Mister, have you got an apple on a stick? Apple on a stick, apple on a stick. Oh, mister, have you got an apple on a stick? Yum, 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 yum. Well, what do you think of that, Mr. Carson? Well, I, I think it's wonderful. Really, I do. Everything that happened to you at home yesterday evening. Ozzie and I think it's wonderful, too, Mr. Carson. Uh, so do Harriet and I, Mr. Carson. Well, I think it's wonderful, too. Naturally. Naturally. I, I wasn't home yesterday evening. So long. <laughs> now, uh, now that he's gone, may I ask just what you had in mind? When he came in, we had a radio in mind. Now I'm not sure I have a mind. I... <laughs> An understandable suspicion. You see, our radio is broken, and we're missing so many good things. Good plays and good talks, good jokes and good music. Good music? We have just the radio for that. Our sumptuous symphonic special. Just listen. Well, we can forego the good music on this particular program. Norma Jean Nielsen was quite a performer. Uh, I know, I used to go with her. I'll tell you about the time we were in Vegas one time. We had a ball. This next uh, selection is really a collector's item. It's the first radio appearance of Red Skelton. The date is August 1937 on Rudy Valley's Fleischman Hour. Here's Rudy to introduce Red Skelton. Red is an Indiana boy who has been making good in a big way all over what's left of the variety circuit. Among variety performers these days, he's unique in that he's always working. He holds the post-depression record, 55 weeks' work out of 57 in the larger key cities. He's young, likable red-headed, ambitious, and fellow citizens, he's going places. We want you to meet Red Skelton. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen, and thank you very much, Rudy. You know, this is my second time in New York. Uh, 
and it's my first time on a big program. Rudy and I were having breakfast together this morning in a very high-class restaurant, Joe's Place. It's very reasonable. In fact, you can eat dirt cheap. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just kidding. I don't know. But there were a lot of people sitting around this morning in the restaurant with donuts and coffee, and they were dunking. Uh, Rudy, would you mind if I dunked a few donuts here tonight? Certainly not. Make yourself right at home. Well, could I have some donuts and coffee? Donuts and coffee coming up. Here you are. Right? <laughs> well, thank you. That's what I call service. Now, when dunking, never remove your hat because it comes in handy later on. Now, the next thing you do is find the temperature of your coffee. <laughs> coffee looks like something they rang out of a mop. <laughs> coffee should be at a certain temperature when used for dunking. If it's too hot, the donut will become soggy before you can eat it. <laughs> so you use the index finger as a thermometer. <laughs> now, that's too hot for dunking, but how do you cool it? It's bad manners to blow into a cup. But it is proper while dunking the cool coffee to pour it in a saucer. <laughs> but you still can't blow, because if you don't use your judgment now and you blow too hard, the fellow sitting across the table from you will get it right in the kisser. <laughs> so you take off your hat and you fan it. <laughs> now, we have, we have different types of donuts used for dunking. First, we have the streamlined donuts. They digest so fast, you've got to take the bicarbonate of soda first. <laughs> then we have the German donuts, better known as pretzels. A pretzel's a donut with a cramp. <laughs> then we have the Jewish donuts, bagels. <laughs> you know what a bagel is? That's a donut dipped in cement. <laughs> Now, we have different types of people and the way they dunk. First, the cross-eyed man. <clears throat> He's allowed two cups of coffee. <laughs> now, not to embarrass him, he sets one foot from the table. The cup and saucer he holds in his hand merely acts as a stooge for the one on the table. <laughs> While everyone else is dunking, the cross-eyed man dunks this way, looking into the cup in front of him and dunking into the mouth. Society dunkers, the debutantes. <laughs> you know what a debutante is? That's an old maid who overdid it. Now they use a little more <laughs> with a knife and a fork, not because they want to, but because they want to show off. They dunk with a fork with the greatest of ease. <laughs> Next we have the sneakers. Now, a sneaker is the lowest type of all dunks. <laughs> they sit around with a cup and saucer. When no one's looking, they dunk. <laughs> When someone is looking, the dirty sneak, <laughs> they dunk this way, breaking off a bit of the donut, dropping it in the coffee, saying, oh my, look what I've done. <laughs> Well, that wraps up this edition of the Golden Days of Radio. This is Frank Brzee in Hollywood, California, inviting you back next week for more shows and personalities from Radio's Golden Days. This is the American Forces Radio and Television Service.